to another great Off the Lip Radio show. We're live back at the boardroom. Uh, if you guys are on Instagram, Santa Cruz Boardroom has a new Instagram page called Santa Cruz Boardroom. What happened to the It got kidnapped. <laughs> it's so weird. The Russians stole our Instagram. And the problem is, is that we don't have, the, I can't get the ransom letter because we don't have the email that's associated with the page. So the ransom letter's been going to some random email. So we're starting over. So Santa Cruz Boardroom on Instagram. Uh, tonight, Neil, we got big controversy. Uh, was it, I feel like um, the talk of the town, the of the town uh, there's people who are um, uh, seriously uh, passionate. Vicious. Uh, well, there's, there's all emotions attached with Measure D. And we will talk about Measure D. It has to do with our railway corridor here in Santa Cruz County. It's a hot topic. We're going to educate you. So hopefully in this June ballot and the election coming up, you can make the right decision and vote what you think might be the best. Whatever side you choose, don't be an ass. Well, and that's important, too. You know, like, I... I, When you said something on Facebook, you got lit up like a Christmas tree. I got called a leftist libtard just because I was like... I don't know. Is that right? And they're like, oh, you freaking left this lip dark. And I was like, so, yeah, if you got an opinion on it, respect, respect the other's opinion. Be nice. Be nice, yeah. <coughs> so with us. Okay. Tonight we have Mark Masidi Miller, co-chair of the No on D. Correct? That is correct. Welcome, Neil. I'm going to grab a drink of water. Step in. Okay. Hang on. TC's injured. How's your arm, TC? Thanks for coming. You're welcome, Neil. So Glad to be here. Bill Maxfield, Bill Maxfield said you should come down and be on the show. He did. Did, he, he, did he warn you about anything? He, he just said, have a good time, because uh, Neil and TC are a couple of good that guys. Really? Yeah, he did. He actually did. He, he thought that you guys are a couple of fun guys, and this would be a fun radio show. Yeah. So yeah. I'm here to have some fun. Thank you. Good. Yeah, you I'm glad, you, glad you're here. Can you explain to us, for the layman, from people watching, uh, th to the layman, what measure, can we kick it off by asking what you, what measure D is? Of course, yeah. Measure you start there? Yeah, me I'm, I'm, I'm game. Measure D is a measure that's on the June ballot here in Santa Cruz County. It's a countywide ballot. And the measure would effectively remove the railroad tracks between Santa Cruz and Watsonville and replace them, or try and replace them, with a trail. And the way they will do that is by amending the general plan, which is the guiding document for you know, everything that happens in Santa Cruz County. They would amend it so that the only possible use of the rail corridor is for a trail. So there'd be no way that the county would allow any other use of the trail but uh, bikes, pedestrians, skateboards, and such are things that roll human-powered. Right. No buses, no trains, right. no public transit on the rail corridor. Nothing. Nothing. Just a trail. The end. Forever. And that's it? That's it. That's what Measure D is all about. And, of course, there are a lot of consequences to that, and we could talk about those. Let's talk about top three consequences. Top three. Number one, we will never, ever have public a robust public transit system in our county. Robust about being a train? Meaning uh, an interconnected bus train network. So there was a study done, just completed last year, uh, called the Transit Corridor Alternatives Analysis. And what it revealed <coughs> was that by adding a train between Santa Cruz and Watsonville and tying it in with our bus network, we would increase public transit use countywide by 150%. The number of people using public transit every day would go from about 13,700 to about 34,400, an increase of 21,000 rides every single day. 21,000 less cars on the road. From Watsonville, to Santa, from Watsonville to Santa Cruz? That's the train would go from Watsonville to Santa Cruz Kay. and be tied into the bus system. So that's that's what's at kind of at stake. What do you think, TC? Number one. Number two. Number two, Roaring Camp. Everybody knows Roaring Camp. Well, at least people around here know Roaring Camp. Roaring Camp uh, operates uh, a, as a branch rail line that operates off of the Santa Cruz branch rail line, which is the line that, that uh, is the subject of Measure D. But Roaring Camp is a railroad company, and they have a beach train that runs from Felton to Santa Cruz and stops in front of the boardwalk, and it's a huge tourist attraction. I think they move hundreds of thousands of people every every year. Um, that beach train would, would end. Uh, Roaring Camp's business would be gravely harmed because they rely on the connection to the National Rail Network. They Their business uses rolling stock, 
locomotives, cars, other things that roll on railroad tracks. They really can't be moved on the highway. So over time, Roaring Camp's business will certainly be damaged. And of course, Roaring Camp is vehemently opposed to Measure D. Right. Uh, number three, the third probably most important impact, in my opinion, is we do nothing to fight climate change. We are, by uh, approving Measure D, we are con uh, confining ourselves to an auto-centric future along Highway 1, which is the only other major transportation corridor in our county. And if you live here, you know Highway 1 is a nightmare. And Highway 1 will only become a worse nightmare as time goes by if we don't do something to give people an alternative to driving around in cars. And of course, that has huge impacts on our climate and uh, you know, climate. Uh, uh, if you haven't noticed, you know the globe is warming. Uh, the climate crisis is real. It is nipping at our heels. If it, if really, uh, it's breathing down our necks. And so, uh, that would be the third most important impact. Does Roaring Camp rent the tracks in front of the boardwalk? Roaring Camp has a lease agreement uh, to rent the tracks in front of the boardwalk. That's correct. And is that going to the city uh, financial? The lease agreement is between the uh, Regional Transportation Commission and Roaring Camp. Which they own the rest of the trail. They own the, re the Regional Transportation, the Regional Transportation Commission, RTC owns the rest of the railroad tracks. That's correct. Right. Yeah, the County of Santa Cruz via the Regional Transportation Commission owns the railroad tracks. Do, do you think we're going to get people out of their cars to go on to get on this train? Do I think people yeah. will? Yeah. I absolutely think people will. That people already are looking for alternatives to driving around in cars. Uh, you can see that in every community in Santa Cruz. Um, people are trying to figure out how to avoid driving their cars. It's a nightmare, and it's expensive, but and it takes forever to get anywhere. And so people are right now seeking ways to get out of their cars. And if we provide them yeah. a better way to, to get around that doesn't require a car, the studies have shown it, but it, you know, when you talk to people, they would—they're like, "I would love it," especially people in South County who's, who are stuck in traffic for 90 minutes but each all way. All those people in South County going to Santa Cruz, or are they going over the hill? Those people in South County are going to Santa Cruz principally. The the total volume of traffic on Highway One every day is about 90,000 cars. About 40,000 cars go over the hill from, and not just from Watsonville, but from the entire county. There are 50,000 vehicles that uh, come into Santa Cruz every day, into the city, across the city boundary. There's 30,000 a day that come in on Soquel, 20,000 a day come in on across the Harbor Bridge. Actually, more than, more than 50,000 cars are, are traveling across the city boundary, Santa Cruz city boundary. Most of those people are going to work. Some 20,000 people every day come to Santa Cruz to work. The numbers are staggering. You know, I grew up with trains. I grew up in England. I grew up with trains. It was a big, you know, it's, we didn't. I had a car, but never used it. How'd you like that? Oh, it was it was great. But the, what the thing that I had was I had connections. I went. Yep. I got. I got on my Brighton. I got in the station of Brighton. Took the took the eight o'clock nonstop to Victoria Station. When I got to Victoria Station, I had a tube, I had a bus, or I had a taxi. That was going to take me to where my destination was going to be. Lovely. After I left Victoria Station, which is in the south end of south part of London. Absolutely lovely. Did that work Did well for you? It worked great for me, but I'm just wondering here, do we have the connections here? Are we going to have the connection? The train's going to stop in Capitola. If the train's going to stop in uh, outside O'Neill's. The train's going to stop maybe a little further down in uh, Seabright. Uh, what are the connections for people to uh, end their journey? The same connections you had will be here. You think? Absolutely. And the, the best thing about um, the way transportation's imagined in, Santa, in California is that we are part of the California State Rail Plan, which is a mobility plan for all of California. And that plan is being rolled out right now uh, and is intended to be completed by 2040, which will transform California into effectively the Switzerland of North America. And it will connect everywhere in California with everywhere else in California. And the, the plan is to basically get the same number of people moving around in California as currently move along Interstate 5 from the Mexican border to the Oregon border. That's the result of the California State Rail Plan. And we are part of that. 
our branch line is part of the state rail plan. So when you look into the future, you can see that rail gives us the ability to move around, not only here in our county, but in, to Monterey, to uh, places elsewhere in California without a car, car free. So you see, we, we, you were just in Vegas, right? Yeah. And they had the, they had the Tesla tunnel. The, the Tesla yeah, I went tunnel. in it. <coughs> yeah, right. it was awesome. I mean, I, I, I uh, to be a, a bit of a devil's advocate, just to, for discussion, I, there's great example today. My wife and I drove around town, and I, I told her you were going to be on the show tonight. And she goes, well, she envisions, we've, we spent, we have 90 years combined living on the tracks. My fence falls on the corridor. And my wife was born and raised in my house, and I've lived there 40 years. <coughs> but today, as an experiment, we wanted to count bicycles on the road. Not just to count the bikes, to count how many were electric. Two-thirds of the bikes we saw today were electric. And I was shocked by that because four go, years ago, an electric bike was an anomaly. Um, I went to Vegas and rode the Tesla tunnel, which currently they have drivers because of legal schmeagle stuff, but they're going to be self-driven cars. And I thought to myself, again, being a devil's advocate about the railroad, co the corridor, of the self-driving cars where you actually do get off and it takes you to work. And I was like, well, that's kind of neat. Um, so getting, getting back just to full circle, um, I wanted to ask about rail banking because I've noticed with the rail banking question that comes up um, that, that I, once I, the tracks are gone, we'll never put tracks in again. And I, I question that, uh, whether financially it's available. I don't know all what's going on with this, but um, I know that part of what the Yes campaign is is they want to take the tracks out and have a walking path and a bicycle path next to it, from what I understand. Or electric skateboards, electric bikes can be on one side, and humans can walk on the other with strollers or what have you. If the tracks are gone, can, we can't put self-driving cars on there as a taxi, bus sort of art? Because I think our buses are too big for how many people ride them, personally. I, I, I rarely have ever seen a transit bus full of our our big buses that are currently on the road. I see a future of small cars taking four or five people, little, like that thing that was on the tracks, the one that you guys did the, there was a, uh, the electric train. Yeah. I, I, I see a smaller version of that even that gets off and takes you down to Pacific Avenue like an Uber, electric Ubers or something. Is that, is that something that could ever work on there? Yeah, there, there you've, you're talking, you've hit, hit up a lot of issues here. Um, first, I think rail banking is, a, is, a, is something that few people understand well. What is that rail banking? I was reading about that. So rail banking is a legal fiction that was created by Congress in uh, 1983. And that's about 40 years ago. And what rail banking allowed was a way for rail corridors, abandoned rail corridors, to be preserved, the continuity of the corridor be preserved, the tracks removed, and trails installed. It was not, it had, it, it's the rail banking term is misleading because it doesn't bank the rail line. All it does is protect the right of way. And in the last 40 years, almost 40 years, about 23,000 miles of track have been removed in the United States and trails put down where the tracks once were. And not a single mile of track, ha a, a single mile of trail has ever been removed and tracks put back. So the idea that it's banked and saved for later is really, it's not practical. It's not the reality. The reality is that once the tracks are pulled, they're gone. They don't come back. And so that's the rail banking issue in a nutshell. Do the current tracks the work for our, what we want to do on the tracks as far as transportation goes? The, the current rail corridor needs some work in order to carry passenger rail at sufficient speed. Um, but replacing the steel rails with new rail, uh, replacing the ties if needed, is an automated system. This is done routinely all the time. The, they will have a machine come by, literally a machine come by, pull up the old tracks, put down the new tracks. It's fast, it's efficient. It's not unlike 
replacing the roof on your house. You basically pull up the old shingles, put down new shingles. It's not automated. Shing you know, roof, roofs are not automated yet, but rail is automated. Uh, these big <coughs> machines, these are you know, giant machines that do this, this kind of work routinely. Um, we have the money to do that. We have the we have the money to do that. The the money is not currently available to right. implement rail. That is that's a different problem. Um, but I want to get back to the car idea. So you have this idea, uh, TC, right? Yes. Yep. Um, you have this idea that cars could do the same thing, or like a rickshaw, electric rickshaw, or something. You know? Well, yeah. Right. Any, but but you're saying you mm -hmm. could move those people. So there, this transit corridor alternative analysis that I that I referenced earlier. They looked at 18 different ways of moving people along the rail corridor. Um, it, was, it was a joint um, effort by the Regional Transportation Commission and the Metro. The Metro is the bus operators. Mm -hmm. And so they were seeking the best way to move people along the rail corridor. And they looked at, um, I can't remember, people movers. Th there's a special name for that, uh, aut autonomous people movers. They looked at ollies. They looked at... Uh, Bus, wh what they call bus trains. These are like you know the th things that you were talking about that could mm -hmm. leave the corridor and go somewhere else. They they looked at 18 different options for how to move people along the rail corridor, and what they found was that rail, electric rail, was the best by far, most reliable, uh, most efficient, uh, most uh, uh, inex most inexpensive. And when you look at the total cost of operating, um, it had. There were 13 advantages listed in the report of why electric rail made sense. And, and the, both the bus operators and the transportation planners, they both agreed. And this, this is what is the best use of the rail corridor. And when you get the rail corridor going, you're not just using it for rail, you're putting a trail alongside. And there's examples of the trail already completed. I, I don't know if either of you, Neil <coughs> or TC, have been over to the west, west side, side of Santa yep, Cruz or down to Watsonville. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're proposing. I mean, that, that's not what we're proposing. That's right. what the plan is, is to build a 12 to 16 foot wide trail alongside the existing rail line. And um, that is proving to be more than adequate. And safe. For, and absolutely safe. Absolutely we're safe. Not gonna have people love it. I mean, people use it all the time. And it's getting, it's getting huge amounts of usage. And is that, because behind my house, I used to have an office. And when the train went by, back when we used to have freight trains, yep. my wife made me get out of my office. Because if the train fell over, it would kill me. It doesn't have to derail. It just had to fall over. The corridor, what I'm getting at is I live by J Street Park. The corridor is very narrow through there. I'm familiar. Yeah. I'm and, familiar. and I don't know if there is 16 feet and where those tracks are placed, if there's room. And I'm, 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 again, I'm not. you're the professional. Right. That's why I'm asking. Is yeah. that is that possible? I, I'm looking forward to answering this question because th this is the story of how I first got involved. Um, I'm a professional civil engineer. As I, I don't know if you guys were aware of that. I didn't really yep. tell you yep. about that. And uh, back in 1997, uh, there was a few of us, you know, cyclists basically, that said to each other, wouldn't it be great if we could put a trail alongside the rail and we'd have a car-free place to ride our bikes? And I said, well, that's a good idea, but before we uh, go too far, we should see if there's enough room. And so I put my civil engineering hat on, and I got a couple of other uh, friends of mine that understood civil engineering, and, and uh, we all got together, and we got the plans for the rail line, the 32 miles of rail line. And we looked at every sheet. This is back before AutoCAD. This is back in the day when you put a scale on top of the paper, and you made <laughs> notes, and you know all that stuff. And we went through you know, a couple inches of drawings, and we measured the, the rail corridor, the entire rail corridor. We, made a, we created this big matrix, and we and we looked at the rail corridor, and we found that uh, along that whole 32 miles, there was enough room to put a 17-foot-wide freight rail. That's the operating envelope for a freight rail. And an 8-foot-wide trail, minimum. But most of it is wide enough for 12. So your particular spot where you're living is a 30-foot-wide corridor. That's how wide the corridor is there. I know because mm -hmm. I know that area. And so if you take a 30-foot-wide corridor and you subtract 17 feet, which you need to for the operating envelope for a train, you have 13 feet left over. So you ha easily have enough room for a 12-foot-wide trail. And a 12-foot-wide trail, that's the widest paved trail we would have in the county. And so if that's somebody's walking, because the train's wider than the tracks? 
the operating envelope. No, the train. The train is not actually wider than than the. Uh, well, wait. Repeat that. The, is the what 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 I saw traveling down the tracks for looked to me it was wider than the rails. Oh yeah, the rails are five foot four and four and a half inches. Of, that's the center to center distance on the track. Right. And the vehicles are always wider than the track than the tracks. So yeah. when somebody is there, a, uh, are we going to have a separation between train and people? The or the it, it depends on on how we how we manage that. But right now the master plan shows a cable rail or uh, a split rail uh, fence go going between the tracks and, and the people and the path and the pedestrian path. No, so little Johnny, little Johnny's not going to run out. Little Johnny's are not going to run out in front of the train. In fact, you brought up this issue about safety and, mm -hmm. the, and trains falling over and all that. <coughs> and the reality is, I mean, the truth, if you look at the facts, trains are by far the safest way to move things around. Whether you're talking about freight trains or people movers, they are like 17 times safer than driving around in a car. I've only seen three derailments in my life. Sorry? I've, I've only seen three derailments in my life on that corridor. Yeah, and it, it's, it's extraordinarily rare. They are... They are the safest way to move around, whether you're moving people or freight. They're, sa they're the safest way to move around. Um, Far safer than cars or trucks. It seems to me just some of the things that I've noticed is that, um, is it about a 10-year timeline? Is that what we're talking about, to get an actual train moving people on that track? The train, from, from, the, from the day you say, let's, let's do this, the, um, the transit corridor alternative analysis, the same document that mm -hmm. the professionals put together, they estimated it would be 12 to 14 years before a train would be operating. Okay. So, And that's because that, like, that I know like the Soquel Creek Bridge, it looks like it's going to fall down in a good wind right now. Capitola, well, that's what I'm talking about. The Capitola yeah, yeah, Trestle. Yeah. The famous Capitola Trestle. Yeah, it always yeah. comes up. I mean, because it is a rusty, I mean, I, it's hepatitis it looks like to me. <laughs> you know, it's Manu, 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 Manu quoted $6 million to fix that bridge. Yeah, that's a bargain. If you can fix it for $6 million, that's a bargain. That's a bargain? Yeah, I, th I actually think that, it, you know, I'm going to throw a little engineering term out here, but most people will be able to understand that. The Capitola Trestle is reaching the end of its useful service life. Oh, yeah. So that's, everybody gets that, right? It's like things don't last forever. Mm -hmm. Many people don't know that the Capitola Trestle was a used bridge when it arrived in Capitola and was, as was constructed. It came from somewhere else. It had, it had already been in service, mm. and it was relocated here. So mm. that, that bridge is well over 100 years old. Mm -hmm. And so since things don't last forever, we have an opportunity to replace that Capitola trestle with something really marvelous. And if you're, a, if you're an engineer like me and you pay attention to bridges, which I do, there are some absolutely gorgeous bridges that are, that you can I can imagine being in Capitola after that would be so much more beautiful. After than what cost we have now. how much do you think? Well, I that I don't know. Right. I mean, the, the, the cost yeah. of a of a new bridge is something that um, I don't. I'm an engineer, so I don't just you know make up stuff. Uh, uh, but it would be expensive. Certainly expensive. It'd be millions of dollars. Do we raise taxes? But it would be for that? worth it. Is that a tax increase or? Oh, let's talk about taxes. Yeah, I mean, that's a great great. That's question. one of the that's one of the great myths about all of this. Um, the old way of thinking about transportation improvements is, well, you have to raise taxes, right? That's the only way you can do it. And in fact, in 2016, we passed a tax measure to fund 30 years worth of transportation improvements in our county. Um, that measure is going to raise about $700 million. About a quarter of that is for the rail and trail project. So that's a significant amount of money. But that's not enough. So the rest of the money will come from the federal government and the state government. And transportation projects are one of those projects where the classic mix is about a four to one. So for every dollar you raise locally, you get about $4 from somewhere else. Hmm. It's about a 20% match. Although the Mo Monterey County, our neighbor to the south of us, uh, the transit agency of Monterey County, they just finished a Kickstarter rail project in their county. They funded that with 3% local match. Hmm. So it's a $94 million project. They put in about $4.5 million of local money. And now they've got a new rail station in Salinas. They're building one in Castroville. They're trying to get one done here in Potterill, uh, Watsonville. Um, but, but let's talk about the mechanisms for raising mon local money. Um, the new way of, of raising money for public transportation is best uh, example is in Portland. So many people here on the west coast of the United States are familiar with Portland. Been there. You've been there. So they have, a, they have a great public transportation system. But guess what? They're not happy with it right it could be better and so they they 
decided that they were going to expand their public transportation system to make it even better than it already is so that people can really get by without cars and we can really start making a dent in climate change. We can really start fighting global warming. And they got together with 30 different uh, organizations from across their county. And the, object, the object of this- What of kind this of organizations? Uh, everybody. I mean, uh, you know, Friends of the Railing Trail, uh, social equity groups, yeah. you know, the, the, uh, the I don't know, I don't know, I'd have to pull up the report okay. to tell you the, uh, the 30, but they're like 30 different community organizations, community mm -hmm. groups with a stake who wanted to improve the situation. And they charged them with figuring out how to fund the expansion of their public transportation system. And after a year and a half, they put their heads together, they came up with 10 ways of raising money to expand their public transportation system. Not one of them involved the sales tax, not one. Not one of them involved a parcel tax. What they did do is they came up with things like congestion pricing, putting a price on parking. And the beauty of this, they, they call it pricing options for equitable mobility. And the, and the goal of this was to raise money in a way that changes people's behavior, that rewards good behavior, and penalizes bad behavior. So that's the strategy they adopted. And it, it's, a doesn't, it's not a regressive sales taxes that everyone knows are regressive. They hurt the poorest people the most. So we have to come up with new ways of thinking about this, ways that are more equitable, that raise money without hurting people and actually create behavior change that is beneficial not just to the environment, but also to equity, mm -hmm. that, that makes the levels the playing field for everyone. And that's where we need to go. That's where Santa Cruz County, in fact, the whole state of California, in fact, much of the world, probably needs to just shift the way they think about funding transportation. Do you think the population of Santa Cruz is gonna want uh, the local government to fix the roads, which are shockingly bad around here, more qu faster or more so than the than the rail trail program that we have here, because the infrastructure that we have we have going around uh, any any street you go down nowadays the roads are just it's I it's can't bad. even get a trash can out here on the sidewalk <laughs> <laughs> right I mean do we want to fix do we want to fix I know that problem do we want to <laughs> fix what we have in place already because that's you know my road's bad this road's 41st Avenue you go down it's terrible the uh, the only answer I can ask uh, offer you is that in 2016 the people of the county of Santa Cruz voted to tax themselves for a balanced mix of improvements which included fixing our roads and included um, additional money for the bus system and included money for a rail trail and included money to maintain the rail line and included money even for a wildlife crossing of 17 which by the way just broke ground this I week. donated I that, 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 yeah. was a, that was we did a skateboard contest on raise money for that yeah, yeah. and so you know that the, the it's not an either-or proposition I a lot of people think that way Neil it's yeah. not an uncommon thing like well we can't do this because we have to do that but um, it's not a zero-sum game we have to start thinking about things comprehensively and holistically and we need to take care of everybody we can't one person can't win at the expense of somebody else one group of people can't win at the expense of someone else. We have to pull together. We have to pull together and we have to create, we have to shape and create the kind of community we want to be. And we get, we all get a say in that. And the more people we invite to the table to have a say in it, the better the results are going to be. Hmm. It's a collaborative model. And right. that's a different way of thinking about things in it than the traditional models. But that's how we have to think to go forward if we want to make things really better. Do we have a, a cost of what it's going to, in 14 years when they break ground on this? Do we know how much it's going to cost to do this? The, the current, uh, the TCAA also provided a cost estimate for implementing electric passenger rail. They had two different versions of it. It ranged from, I think, 470 to 485 or something like that. So I, I like to think about it as a $475 billion, million dollar, yeah. um, project. But you have to remember that we're at a very high level that that cost estimate had $130 million of contingency in it. So that, just to give you, most people don't understand how plans unfold on projects like this. You start pretty high level, you put big contingencies in it. When you add 130 million, that means it could be 130 million less, but it probably won't be any more. And the other thing you have to remember when you talk about these big numbers, is you have to remember f two things. Number one, that's not our money. Our money is going to be 20% of that or some fraction of that, our local share. The federal government and the state government will pick up the rest because the state government has an interest. The mm -hmm. state rail, they want the state rail plan to happen. They want to reduce our carbon emissions. 
they want to get people to move around without cars. Will it cost less than it does to drive? Well, yes, absolutely will cost less than it will to drive because here, here's how public transit works. Basically, if you, if you think about the, this is the way it works for most people. You buy what is called an all-access pass. So it's you probably, uh, being from London, would be familiar with this, yeah. where you have an all-access pass that right. gives you access to all the public transit modes, whatever one that might be. So when you get to your station and you want to switch to the bus, you don't have to pull out another $20 or $10 or $5 or whatever it is. You just yes. hop on the bus with your card, same card, all works. And uh, that's how uh, this will work. So an all-access transit pass, if you look at nearby communities in California that have all-access transit passes, they range in cost. They're like 125 maybe 150 175 somewhere in that range. And for that price, you get to ride the light rail, you get to ride the bus, you get the, you know, whatever. Uh, there's even places that have, they include the Uber and, you know, the, the ride sharing. I mm -hmm. mean, that's, that's an included feature. I don't, we haven't designed that for our system yet. We don't know really what's going to be involved. But the point is that it'll be a lot less than owning a car. If you look at the cost of owning a car, car ownership, if you, if you believe the AAA figures, it's about $800, $900 a month to own a car. Now, that's depreciation, insurance, tax, all that stuff. It's also $2 million and to own a house. <laughs> really good point. But, but it's a significant cost. And if you're, if you're not in the upper echelons of our socioeconomic class, um, it's tough to pay for a car. Even if you're buying, using a used car, you're still spending like $500 a month. And that's just what it costs. But if you could replace a car for an all-access transit pass, and maybe you're a two-car family, you get rid of one of your cars, you can save some significant money. And, you know, a few hundred dollars a month goes a long ways to feeding your family, to paying for the other things you need. Mm -hmm. a, a certain a number of people going to lose their property because of the, the different direction this, this has to take? Or some no one, has no one will lose property. Nobody. Everything fits not inside the existing not school, Not even Alton Aptos? Nobody. It's, pretty, it's pretty thin over there. It's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> squeezed in over there. I, I've looked at the right-of-way maps. Yeah. And there's no reason there, it, there's no reason why we can't fit it all in the rail corridor. There will be places where you're going to want to acquire additional uh, land for different purposes. And when you when you build out a system like this, parking, parking. Well, parking is one. Um, you may not need additional land for that, but um, but we can talk about that. that's a separate topic. Um, but think about what, where the rail corridor is now. Uh, many parts of the rail corridor are right alongside streets. They're along parks. They're along already publicly owned lands. In other words, you're not having to acquire private land. You can just use a piece of public land that you already have. Much of the rail corridor has those kinds of opportunities along it. It's a 32-mile long I hate corridor. I see J Street Park turn into a parking lot. Jade Street Park will not turn you into know? a parking lot. Okay. Well, it's owned by the SoCal Guaranteed. School District, so yeah. that's a problem in itself. But, um, yeah. There, there are lots of problems in our transportation system. Mm -hmm. and There's no perfect solution. There, there is no perfect solution. But, but having an integrated, robust public transportation system has a lot of benefits. Benefits for people, benefits for the planet, you know, and benefits for our shared prosperity. Um, obviously, you're working with buses to get people off train into a bus right so there would be new bus lines created with this there, as well uh, you're absolutely going to rework the bus system yeah the the bus system as it is today does not does not take into account a reliable fast trail it's it's what they call the swiss system so the swiss back in the 1970s developed this system they just they just it's just been named the swiss system and basically at every rail stop the buses, the taxis, the ride shares, they all kiss the train. When it comes to the station, everybody comes in, they kiss the train, then everybody leaves. It's called the pulse system, Swiss pulse system. That's the technical word. But it, it works beautifully. And, and that's the plan for all of California. When I, I actually saw the state rail plan rolled out for our region from the state, uh, the vision of mass transit and rail, and they showed us the timing on every stop and how the buses and the everything would fit and it's like it's like swiss clockwork so the idea is not to turn a profit it's to get cars off the highway is that what we're working there is, on there is no profit. transportation system that right. makes a profit not right. highways not bikeways not sidewalks not streets right there isn't one that makes a profit they all cost money does the federal government pay for that the federal government will well, contribute to, to, the, to the losses that are occurred through running the system well yeah 
people call them losses. They're just operating expenses. Right. It's like there's a cost of, of operating everything. The difference is that the cost is you can calculate the cost. So let's imagine an alternative to the rail to to installing a, a robust rail system and, and and really giving us ourselves a public transportation system that works. Let's imagine for a minute that we want to widen Highway One. So they've looked at that. The cost of widening Highway One from Freedom Boulevard, for those who don't know, that's kind of like where yeah, the mm -hmm. where backup the, where starts, the where the congestion really begins, to the to the 17 interchange. That the cost of that's about 800 million dollars. Well, they've got it almost to more to more SoCal no, 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 drive. No, this is this is new oh. new lanes. Okay. Oh. To increase capacity. In, right? Even make it wider down there. To yeah. To, to add to two lanes to Highway One from Freedom to the to Fishhook, which would add additional capacity. Mm -hmm. Right. I think we all can agree that ox lanes don't make m really much of a difference, even though we're going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars building those. We don't have to talk about that. I'm talking about real difference makers, just like a train would be a real difference maker. So to get the same kind of difference made, you would have to spend, let's say, $800 million to add two lanes uh, to Highway 1. But not included in that cost is the cost of all those automobiles. When you talk about the cost of those automobiles, which are externalized costs, right? Mm -hmm. um, you and I don't necessarily pay those because we don't necessarily no. commute. The people who commute and use that will use it, right? But that's still a real cost. And, you right. and if you look at the cost, half, uh, you know, 50 cents a mile, which you, we all know that's low now, and you add up, you know, everybody drives 10 miles, and you do that, the same capacity of a train, you're looking at tr three or four trillion dollars of cost mm -hmm. over the same cost of a train. The a study, train the study that you guys less. did, was there a, 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 a number of the Highway 1 traffic, a, a percentage of what turns onto Highway 17 versus what goes straight onto the Highway 1 North? No, the, 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 the transit core alternatives now did not look at the um, highway traffic. The, the study that did that was called the Unified Corridor Investment Study. That was completed in 2019. And in that study, <coughs> they, they looked at a mix of corridors. So they had the rail corridor, Highway 1, and then the SoCal Avenue Freedom Boulevard corridor was a third transportation corridor. Most people don't think of that as a transportation corridor, but a lot of people use it. So they oh, <coughs> I, my kids went to SoCal High. Right. A, <laughs> a, lot, of people, a lot of people use it. And so they looked at a mix of different uses. And, and they optimized them. So they, they looked at what, what gives you the best bang for the buck. And what gives you the best bang for the buck with respect to the rail corridor is rail and trail. They looked at a trail-only alternative for the rail corridor, and they, what they did is they said, okay, if we use the rail corridor for trail-only, which is what Measure D is proposing, right? That's all it's really proposing. If we do that, then we are to get the same capacity. We have to invest in the highway, and we have to invest in SoCal and Freedom. And in order to do that, we don't get the same bang for the buck. We get an increase in vehicle miles traveled. We get an increase in greenhouse gases. We get an increase in accidents. There's 108 predicted additional accidents, one every three days, in our county. If we use the corridor for rail, uh, use the rail corridor for trail only, and we expand our highways and our freedom in SoCal, and that's a 25 million dollar a year cost. Hmm. It's not as safe. It's 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 amazing when you start looking at things from a transportation planning perspective, and you start looking at things from a, what's the best way to invest your transportation That's money? an engineering way to look at it. Well, it's, right? it's, it's a, yes. Right. Engineering, you apply principles of science, you apply, you apply facts, and you do analysis, and yeah, and that's how you look at it. And yes. you have to sell that. You're, you're going to sell that engineering pro brain of yours to the public of, th of this county. Is that th My that brain is no longer for sale. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, my, see, I, I see. I used a lot to sell my brain, <laughs> and, and, and things like that. But I retired. Brains on I sold vacation. My, yeah, um, well, it's working harder than ever, probably. But uh, but yeah, I see I, a lot of of uh, talk in social media about the tourist train. Hmm. Um, which I don't know. Is it this? Are we talking about the same thing? Well, I don't know what they're well, talking about. Tourist train I know on the, social the, media. The last the, the the one that came out and ran the electric train. Was a private? They they're private. That was they a demonstration. But weren't train. they weren't yeah. they trying to put that on and having a no, no, tourist? No, no, no. It was a de it was strictly a demonstration. The that uh, demo train. I wasn't here for that, by the way. <laughs> I was very sad to have missed it. Um, but the purpose of that was to demonstrate what's possible. So th the idea that there was a manufacturer in Southern California, <coughs> California made a product, and he agreed to bring it up and just put it on our tracks for. I think it was only two weeks. Using the same tracks. Same yeah, tracks. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely same tracks, and just and just show people what's possible. So the idea was just to show because 
many people who live in Santa Cruz County, they've never been to London. They've never been to France. They've never been to Italy. They don't know what it's like to have a, right. a rail network right. as a backbone to your transportation system. So the idea was just to show people who live here what this might be like, mm -hmm. just an idea. And so, it, you know, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it or ride it, but it was oh, yeah, wildly yeah. successful. People oh, it, love it, that thing. It but there's a, at my house. There's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of work, doesn't there? Is there? Isn't there a lot of work on these tracks that needs to be taken place? Are, 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 are we trying to put a diamond on a pig here? Uh, what would you say? Are we trying to put a diamond <laughs> on a pig? Is that English? Diamond on a pig. That must be a British thing. Right? I mean, if you put a diamond on a pig, you still get a pig. Yeah. No, I don't think we're putting diamonds on pigs here. Okay. We're talking about investing money into creating a better, more robust, more equitable, more sustainable transportation system that serves everyone. It's We're not getting just a trail. We're getting a rail and a trail. We get um, we get a ways of moving people around. Everyone can use. You don't have to be able-bodied. You don't have to be, uh, you know, uh, you don't have to own a bicycle. You know, you don't you don't have to. You can you can just hop on a train. You can get rid of a car. You can save money. You can help save the planet. We're talking about a whole shift here, not just a diamond on a pig. Right. Okay. Um, I saw recently they're adding a mile of trail on the west side. Yep. Um. From Bay Street to the wharf. Yep. Yeah, and it's like $16 million for that mile, I think, is what I thought I saw, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was 12. 12? Yeah. Where does that money come from? Is that part of the same uh, deal? Let's see. I'm, I don't know the funding sources of all of them, but I think $10, 10 million of it was a grant. Um, federal government? Uh, I think it was a state. It, well, here's how, here's how funding works. So the federal government gives money to the state. And the state raises money of its own, and then the state distributes that money. And there's, I don't know how many different programs there might be for, you know, funding these things. And I actually, I don't know. You'd have to call, you know, somebody at the city to explain where mm -hmm. all the money got came from. But I understand that much of it came from what's called an active transportation program. And so the idea is to um, invest in facilities that will improve the amount of active transportation. Active transportation is a is a uh, sort of a technical term for bicycles and walking and skating. You know, it's it's human-powered transportation rather than right. motor-powered transportation. And so that's, I think, the source of many of the funds. But it's a substantial amount. And the local match of that was very small. That local match was raised by the city of Santa Cruz itself. Um, I think that Measure D funds were also used from 2016. So 2016 was a tax measure called Measure D. Mm -hmm. It just coincidentally has the same name as the measure on the ballot. Now, um, so it's always a mix of funds. You know, every every transportation fund, every transportation project is, is funded with a mixture of funds, local funds, federal funds, state funds, carbon tax funds. I mean, they, it comes from a variety of, of purposes. Interesting. My neighbor's terrified of a path on the train tracks. He's terrified of a path on the train of, track? Of a, of a bike path, uh, for one reason. Oh, why? It's going to be the new Santa Cruz homeless shelter. Ooh. Yeah, some people are. Uh, that is a. I think that is a legitimate concern. Um, it's. I mean, I've seen what's happened in Orange County. Yep. It's been very well publicized. Publicized. Um, you can see it on the Riverwalk. I mean, you know, it's well, yeah, yeah. and, and I mean, it's and yeah. it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. When it's on the corridor. Yep. Uh, how are we gonna? Is there a solution to that aspect of Ooh. what may happen? Ooh, I am not a sociologist. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so. I'm gonna, I'm going to stay out of that one, but I will, I will offer, offer this to you. Um, if it was a trail only, I think it would be a much worse problem than if it was a rail and a trail, and here's why. Because that train's going to be going by every so many minutes, and so you're not going to have time periods when there will be nobody using the trail. There will always be some kind of activity, and there will be lights on. You know, There will be activity. You'll have eyes on the scene, and so that kind of nefarious activity that that oftentimes occurs when people don't have eyes on things be a little harder to do I think, so it's, I a think it's better to have both it's a problem they haven't gotten to yet you see well that's i don't know if they've thought about it i have you know it's well, people um, have thought about it so we've, but we've already yeah. had situations <coughs> already happening uh with the county just cleared out a big section between oh yeah. 30th and i'm 38th recently i only work on two things with in my now that i'm retired i only work on two things one of them is transportation and the other one is housing that's yeah. it i want 
I want more affordable housing. We need more that, affordable that, housing that, in our diff- community. That's a different show yeah. together right there. I know. That's a whole different show. Let's not yeah. go there. Right. No, but it's, I mean, it's but a question. But they're integrated. But it is. And they're it's, integrated. I mean, no, I, they are, yeah. They're absolutely yeah. integrated. Yeah. I feel like the city of Santa Cruz would love it if downtown moved onto the rail corridor. What would the current situation with the homelessness we have in our city of Santa Cruz? If everybody pitched a tent on the rail corridor and was not at San Lorenzo Park and was not on Pacific Avenue and was not over by um, mm. the Home Depot, I think a lot of people would be very happy with that because be out of sight, out of mind. Um, there might be some people that would be happy with that. I, and I just feel like I shopping carts currently don't roll really well down those tracks. <laughs> 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 you know, it's just saying. You uh, know? And so if that's an it. I don't know what to say about I that, don't know if, I don't know if they're prepared or thought enough Who's going to police that, you know, or who's going to clean up the trash? That's a, that's a whole that's a whole nother can of worms. Well, you, know? There, you know, there's maintenance uh, costs associated with any facility. Any public facility has a maintenance cost. And you, you know, earlier today you were saying we don't make trash cans out here. And so there's right. a cost for that. And we have to be willing to pay that. And and that's part of the cost in the budgeting for the trail. Uh, I'm not familiar. But the, the rail hasn't been developed enough to, to understand the budgeting. Mm-hmm. But in the trail. They set aside 15% of the Measure D funds were set aside for maintenance of the trail. This is where Neil says we've talked to all the mayors. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's going to say it right now. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> say go, it, Neil. Let it go. The thing that I remember what Manu said was it's going to be $6 million to fix the bridge in Capitola, which, the, as you're probably right, you should tear the whole damn thing down. I think it'll be more than that, but that's okay. That's probably true. <laughs> I think that's true. And he, then we, we have the money to go to Aptos no further. Right now? Who said that? Our supervisor, Manu Koenig. The money for to, to do the money the, for the what? Fix the to fix the track up. Yep. Right. It was from t- was to Watsonville. We have no. We uh, was it stops at Aptos. Yeah. We don't have the money I to go any further than that. Yeah, I I would take issue with that. Yep. Yeah. Is this? I, um, would d- I would just disagree with that. I think that there's a there's different ways of talking about money, and when you don't want something to happen, you talk about it in the worst possible way, and. Right now, I explained to you earlier that Measure D is raising money, right? And so the total amount of funds being raised by Measure D is somewhere between seven to eight hundred million. So let's be conservative. Let's just say it's seven hundred million. Eight percent of that is money allocated to the rail corridor, to maintaining the rail corridor alone. That's it. It's the only thing that money can be used for. Ad, what what is eight percent of seven hundred million? I can do the math in my head. Fifty-six million dollars. Right. They've been working on it. I walk it all the time. Right. So they've got fifty-six million dollars, basically in the bank. And the cost of repairing that rail line has been estimated at between 48 and 63. Okay, but that's the total cost. That's not the local share. You have to remember that when you're talking about rail lines and you're talking about public works infrastructure of any kind, whether it's a road or a rail line or whatever, you're not paying for that with local money only. You get grants from state agencies and federal agencies, and they help you pay for that hmm. because they have a vested interest in it. Is that the Build Back Better deal? That's that part. Build Back Better is a source of revenue. It's a huge source of revenue, mm-hmm. particularly for rail. I'm, I'm grateful that <laughs> for lots of reasons that President Biden is our president right now, but he gets the public transit piece, and many people do. We, if we want to change the way we get around, if we want a more sustainable way of getting around, a more equitable way of moving people around, we got we got to do something different. We can't just if keep it, doing if it happens, if it happens, yep. we'll, we'll know in June with the uh, with this. I guess this is a one and done uh, vote on this. Well, this is a vote. Measure D is is pretty specific. Measure D is targeted at it does it that really does just two things. It it will ca- it calls for removing the tracks and amending the general plan so that the only thing that can be built in the rail corridor is a trail. That's the two things it really does. When it does those things, lots of other things will happen, right? So there's ramifications. Do of the those yes things. on D people say that? Do they say no. it's going to be a trail forever with say? no tracks? The yes on D people will tell you all kinds of things, but they don't want you to know that what their measure does is amend the general plan to prevent the county from ever studying or planning for anything in the rail corridor except the trail. But that could change in another that vote. That would take another countywide vote. Yeah, right. they to change fact, that. I've heard the the Greenway people say things like, "Well, it's just a change to the general plan. We can do that with a three-fifths vote of, of the board of supervisors. You know, three out of five supervisors can just say, oh, let's change it." And that's uh, just well, I'll call it a lie because that's what it is. There's language in Measure D when they amended the general plan. There's language in Measure D that says the only way, 
these amendments can be changed is by a general vote of the entire county of Santa Cruz. Who wrote Measure D? The Greenway people wrote Measure D. Okay. Mm. They wrote the entire thing. And they, in I call that a poison pill. And have you, have you will never get them to admit that. Well, you might get them to admit it, but, it, but how come you haven't? How, how come there hasn't been like a a, a a meeting between yes and no or debate to come to something that is in 14 years we can put tracks back on? There have been um, many attempts at discussions between the people who want a trail only and the people who want a rail and a trail. And right now, um, okay, the the trail only people have essentially thrown down the gauntlet. There is no conversation. There's no opportunity for conversation. We have a measure on the ballot, and it's going to be a yes or a no. There's no negotiating. There's no compromise. If there it's was negotiating, would you sit down and, and, and discuss that about the, a, we, a plan? We've already done it. We, we've had these conversations. We've had years of conversations around the best use of the rail corridor. Mm -hmm. And so far, every time the topic comes up, every time it gets studied, every time people come together, every time the public comes together and talk about it and we work on it, the the final result of all of that effort is rail and trail is the best use of our rail corridor. The trail only people don't like that answer. They don't like it at all. Mm -hmm. And so they've got a ballot measure on the ballot now. Because I don't know if those tracks are personally the best for what we want to do with a train. Or the you know, with they're on top of giant gravel. Um, you know, I feel like there could be a more streamlined track and maybe something that's more efficient. And easier to maintain. Well, they they studied um, all those things, TC. I mean, that, that's I'm. But no, I get it. But I want my, my point is, for that. is it's 14 years away before we put a, a track, a, a car on those yep. tracks. Yep, takes time. That's a long time. It's a long and time. I, and we have to maintain those tracks for 14 years. Uh, well, that depends on what we decide to do with them. In there's June, a, there's there's different. No, the June, the June, there's nothing on the June ballot about a rail line. There's nothing on Measure D that says we're going to increase funding for public transit. There's nothing, you know, they, like, they love to tell you about how they're for buses. You know, Greenway's all about improving the bus system. There's no language in Measure D about improving the bus system. Hmm. Not, not one word, not one penny of funding. How old are you? 67. How old are you? 65. Ah. Do you think you'll ever ride a train in this, in this county? Ooh, I, I sure hope so. You think you will? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's totally possible. Totally possible. And let me tell you a story about trains and how quickly they can happen. So north of us, there's a uh, the Sonoma Marin uh, area rail transit. She knows. My dad bought that. He ran the Golden Gate Bridge District for 25 years. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. He was he's so, a railway ride expert. So that from the time they started till the time they finished, eight years, 42 miles, twice as big. They had to build a whole brand new bridge, a swing bridge, not just a sitting fixed bridge. Tunnels too. A br and tunnels. They they built a bridge that swings out of the way. These are these are like huge things to do, but they can be done. It's a matter of will. We can do anything. Look, I I worked with uh, Brian Foss and the Harbor District uh, to to design the uh, Walton Lighthouse. The Walton Lighthouse is on a pile of rocks in the ocean, right? That literally on a pile of rocks. Mm -hmm. And we figured out how to put a 375,000-pound lighthouse on a pile of rocks, and we got the Army Corps to sign off on it, and we got the whole thing done in, like, two years. So, I mean, it's a huge project. California Coastal Commission, Army Corps of Engineers, everybody had to sign off on it, and guess what? It happened. Why? Because we wanted it to happen. We had the will to do it. We had the political will, and we put our minds to it, and people were for it. We can do the same thing here. If we really want a better transportation system, if we really want an alternative to Highway 1, we really want to make a more equitable, more sustainable community. We can do it. We just need to put our heads together and get it done. Fair enough. Yeah, I agree with that. Fair and, and if in 14 years we do it, as you said, no. I think 12. No train system makes a profit, right? No train system. Well, private. There are private trains, but no profit. public transportation. No public, tra public transit is not a profit-making operation. Is there a number of riders that will make it stay, or is there a or is it if it's empty, it'll stay? Well, is, do we is you know, uh, ridership is one of those things that's extraordinarily difficult to predict. You, you really, there's no one that can accurately predict ridership. But let me tell you a story about BART. So you guys are all familiar with BART? Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. You've ridden it? Yep. Okay, so BART, BART's been around since 1950-something. And it 
I think it first began operating in like 1960 something, 62. So, you know, three or four years after BART started operating, not a lot of ridership. Everybody was complaining. It had, you know, we'd spent all this money. You know, they had all these studies that said it was going to do this and do that, and it wasn't doing any of the things they said it was going to do. And there was talk about scrapping it. There were people who said we should After just been built. cut our losses and, and give this up. This is silly. Do you know how many people are BART moves today? Oh, Half a million. People. Well, it's ridership's way down though. Currently, the COVID look. Yeah, COVID hit everybody. Right. It put people out of business. I mean, y'all, there's there's really great businesses right here in Santa Cruz County that are no longer mm-hmm. because COVID put them out of business. And COVID hit public transportation hard. Buses, trains, planes, all forms of transportation got hit hard when you got people together in a in a confined space. That's COVID. That is those effects will go away. There is no doubt in my mind that all that ridership is going to come back and then and then some. And we have to keep we have to keep thinking into the future. Nothing is an overnight success. Everything takes time. But where do you want to be in 20 years? Where do you want to be in 50 years? How, what what do you want to do about climate change? Well, I what's mean, the, I, what's yeah. the answer? I think the question yeah. will be you know, what's the population of Watsonville in 20 years? You know, it's cuz that's a, a, a large portion of I think the South County's a, a major use of this. Yeah. Rail corridor. Well, yeah. And and do we yeah. want and do we want to grow? Do we want people to grow in in sprawl, where you have to have a car to get where you want to go? Well, or do we want to have people grow along a rail line, a high capacity mm-hmm. public Isn't transit that where line? Affordable housing is going to happen though down that that's neck where, of the woods. That's where affordable housing affordable housing going to happen everywhere. We're building it right now in Santa Cruz. I mean, we're there's a, a hundred units of of public housing coming on board on the Pacific Station North. The uh, mixed use library building is going to add another 125 units of affordable housing. Affordable housing still is not being affordable. Built. <laughs> That's like twenty percent below market, but it, no, I mean it all helps. That's actually deed restricted affordable housing. They, they target it for people who are making a certain percentage of the average of the area median income. But that's a different show, right? Yeah, it's a different show. Yeah. A different show. Different we can show. go there. I'm happy to yeah. go there. No, no I mean, it's an interesting. But that's subject. a different show. But we talked to two, a lot of people about that. Those two things are integrally linked. When you talk about the cost yeah. of living, there's two principal costs of living: housing. Transportation, groceries. Groceries are like it's a groceries are like it's a fluctuation. It fluctuates. Medical. You want to lose it all? Medical Go to the hospital. Me, no one. No <laughs> one is immune to that. Mm-hmm. No one's immune to that. But generally speaking, the two big costs: housing and transportation. And we yeah. can make a difference. You no, know, I use. I, I'll we can use. Make a I'll, if the train comes in my in my in my lifetime, the train shows up here. I'll I'll use that train if I have the connection. Oh, good. If I have the connections. Excellent. Where I want. Where I want. Where my end. There's going to be like, I want to go to UCSC Great. from 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 Capitola. Perfect. What a good idea. Am I getting there? Hell yes. Excuse my language. <laughs> no, no, no. We can do that. Can we? Okay. So that changes. We have an here. election in June. <laughs> yep. People are going to vote yes. People are going to vote no. Yep. Win or lose, is that the final decision? I think. So. I don't think so. Well, I think it's a very big indicator. I think it's uh, I think it has a lot of um, political power. Because there's yes. powerful political people on both sides. There are. Yeah. And I, I think that there are people who basically are saying this is the up down vote. And and I um, I personally think that it's a down vote. I think that the 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 people I'm talking to, let me talk about that for just a minute. I don't know how much time we have left. We got a few minutes. Yeah. We got a few minutes. So, the our camp, you know, Greenway started back in, I don't know when they started, June, they formed their committee and they started gathering signatures and they've had months and months and months to get public support, right? They have almost no public support. The yes on, yes on, yes D, on D? Yeah, yes on D has very little public support. And it's probably, I'll give you the best and clearest example well, of this, the evidence of this. Um, m- most people haven't seen this yet but it's already in the book, so to speak. The county elections department for every election prepares a sample, uh, a um, ballot argument and a rebuttal to the ballot argument, and they create an impartial analysis. All of those documents are done. They've been done for over a month. They're posted on the county elections department website. You can go there today, right now. You can click on Measure D. You can read the ballot argument. You can read the rebuttal to the ballot argument. I read it. You can read you can read the impartial analysis. You can read the whole text of the measure, the thirty pages of, of amendments to the general plan. What people should pay attention to there 
is the asterisks or lack of an asterisk which aren't signed after the people signatures right. on the ballot arguments if you'll notice and y it's hard not to now that I've drawn your attention to it every single name on the pro greenway side of the ballot arguments is a signature without an asterisk and every single signature on the op opposition arguments to Greenway, Measure D, have an asterisk by their name. And what that asterisk signifies is that the organization who's, who's follows the name, for example, Mike Guth, Sierra Club, right? The Sierra Club, is, as an organization, has considered the measure, and the organization is opposed to Measure D. It's not just Mike Duth that's opposed to Measure D. It's the entire organization. Every, all 10 of the signatures on, on, op, on the opposition, they're all organizations that have authorized that person to sign the ballot argument to announce to the entire world that that organization is opposed to Measure D. The supporters for Greenway, in spite of the fact that they've had months and months to find organizational support, not one signature not one signature on the pro-Greenway side is represents an organization that supports Greenway. We've had, we have over 30 community organizations. The support, uh, I mean the, uh, the opposition to Greenway is, spans the socioeconomic spectrum, the geopolitical landscape, if you will. Businesses, labor unions, environmentalists, teachers, community groups. Oh, I wanted to ask it's, you, who's the Dion's? The, uh, Jan, uh, the husband Dan and wife, I think. Dan and Jill. They're the yeah. biggest contributors I saw. Uh, they are. Yeah. They are. Yeah. And they're they a local. Very generous local? people. Yep. Very okay. Local. Yep. I want to just make sure because I know I've seen a lot of vicious attacks against this one guy that was a yes guy. Uh, everyone's the guy from Adobe Systems. Um, I. You know anyway, what? Yeah. But as I'm not. I am not. You're outside the fundraising no, aspect. No, I'm in it. But I will never criticize anybody. I don't think that's right. I don't think it's. I don't think it's proper. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's it's not healthy. Well, there's been a lot of it's there's been healthy. there's been a People lot on the no me. side on the but there's been a lot on the no side um, talking um, about this one guy about him funding it when the Dion's actually funded more out of their own pocket. And I thought, wow, that was pretty interesting because I never I've never heard the yes talk about the Dion's. Oh. That's <laughs> well, <laughs> I have, but but I just find you know that what, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The truth is, it doesn't matter. Here, here's a reality about fundraising. Um, I, I don't really know how many people have contributed to Greenway, but I know how many people have contributed to No on Greenway. We have over 700 donations to the No on Greenway campaign. This is exciting. It's almost like a playoff. It's, it's, playoff it's like game. a playoff game. I, I really ah, feel it. I, I feel <laughs> like, yeah. I feel the like. The Warriors are playing right they now. They are. I, I feel don't know the, how many I, people are watching this. I feel the energy of this. It's, it's, it's like a title match. It, it really is. I feel like we're in Vegas and it's going to be a title match. When it's done, or, if win or lose, if you do lose, will you be gracious in losing? Of course. Okay. It's not going to be a. Okay. Because I feel like that's the best thing that we can do in this situation. Win or I, lose, walk look, away and be gracious. We absolutely. I in like that. all cases. Because politics we have must been be so against Because you that. know what? The people on the other side of this issue are my neighbors. Right. They're my friends. They're people I, I work with. They're people I play with. Um, there is no way I'm going to let anything like this cost me a friendship. Awesome. No way. And I just want to say, uh, Mark, I think that's the best way to end this show. Thank you. Is, is, I'm, is, I'm is, in. You know what I mean? Is to say that uh, everybody in this county are neighbors. And, right. and when this thing is done and what is decided on, let's continue to be neighbors. Absolutely. And, uh, love, and, and, and love, you know what I mean? Love. Yeah. And so I think that that's, that's right. really important because there has been a lot of attention given to this. And um, I guess I, it's, I feel like we're preparing for a marathon. And uh, the no's and yes are going to run a marathon. And someone's going to get the tape at the end. And we'll hug and say good race. There you go. And we'll move on to something else. Absolutely. Neil? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Don't we have Bud Miller coming on? Bud Miller tomorrow night. Bud Miller is coming uh, on. Roscop tomorrow. Roscop? I got a lot of, okay. A lot of hot stuff coming on. Well, um, 
thank you for coming on the show, Mark. I really appreciate it. A website people can I know there's a no on D website. You the, could the, the, it's really easy. No way green way. All easy one word, that. all lowercase dot right. com. That'll take you right to the No Way Greenway campaign uh, website. We would welcome anyone who wants to volunteer. We would welcome anyone who wants to endorse our campaign. We are it, the the endorsements are swelling. It's just amazing how fast, how much momentum we're picking up. This is big attention. And we need cash. I, all right. I'm, I'm not going to pretend like we are a well-funded uh, campaign. We are not a well-funded campaign. I think the paper reported that uh, Yes Greenway had about twice as much money as we did. I'm not surprised. Um, oh well, thank you again for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, meeting both of you guys. Yeah, this was a great conversation, and, and, I, and it's always good to inform the the community. That's why we do this show. Is we're recording history, and we like to share this community because Neil and I love it so much. And so uh, right there with you, man. Again, everybody, thank you for tuning in. T Fox, thanks for having us on Santa Cruz Waves. Everybody on Santa Cruz Waves, you can see this uh, on YouTube, Spotify. It'll be we'll, ha we'll have it on there in no time at all. You can share it. You can tell your friends to be involved and pay attention to this uh, Green Way situation. No or yes on D. You take your pick. But most importantly, vote. 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 Yeah, absolutely. That is the most important thing you can do. And we will here, see here. you next time, Neil. On the Off the Lip Radio Show. Good night, everybody. Woo!